0: We're going to be learning in Chidusha Maran Riz HaLevi, the first piece in Hilchus Tanios. This is a very fundamental piece where Abvelville tries to define what is the essence of the day of Tisha B'av. And he's going to say that it's a combination of three different types of days in Halacha. There's a velus, days of mourning, which have certain prohibitions, but a person's allowed to eat on them. And then there's a Tanis sibor a communal fast day where it's prohibited to eat, but there are certain. And other things which are permitted, and then there's Yom Kippur, which is an extreme form of a Tanis because the Torah said that everyone has to fast on that day. So, Rav Velvel is going to describe Tishav as a combination of these three types of days, and that helps define the different details of the Halacha on Tishabab. So, this is a very fundamental piece to defining the essence of the day of Tishabav But obviously, Rav Velvel approaches it not philosophically, but in terms of understanding the halachic categories that define the day. The Gemarin Psachim Nundalid Ahmad Beyes writes, Ein bain liyom There is no difference between Tishabav and Yom Kippur, except that doubt is prohibited on Yom Kippur, and it's permitted on Tishabav. So on the simplest level, this seems to refer to the period between sunset and nightfall, the twilight period. So there are certain leniencies on Tishabav that don't apply to Yom Kippur. Yom Kippur fully begins. Begins at sunset. So the inference of this line is that Yom Kippur and Tishabov are totally the same except for this one small difference. So the Gemara infers, it sounds like, in terms of the prohibitions, Yom Kippur and Tishabov are exactly the same. This supports the view of Reb Lezer, he ruled that one is prohibited to dip their finger in water on Tisha just like they're prohibited to do so on Yom Kippur. So this line that seems to imply that Yom Kippur and Tisha are equivalent would support the ruling of Reb Lezer that just like it's prohibited to dip your finger in water on Yom Kippur, so too. Two, it's prohibited on above. Now the Gemara asks that there is a brysa that seems to say "the opposite." There is no difference between Tishav and a communal fast day, except that some communal fast days are very strict and it's prohibited to work on them. While Tishav, it's theoretically allowed to work on Tishav. In general, we don't, but the basic halacha is that it would be permitted. So the only difference between Tishav and a communal fast day is whether it's permitted to work. But otherwise, there the same. So, a communal fast day and tishabav are the same. Now, the halacha regarding a communal fast day is when they prohibited bathing, they only prohibited washing his entire body. But his hands or feet or face, so just one limb of his body, he is allowed to wash. So, now this is a contradiction when it comes to communal fast day, one is allowed to wash one hand. When it comes to Yom Kippur, that's prohibited. And we have one brysa that says that Tisha B'av is like Yom Kippur. So on Tishabav, you cannot wash one hand. And the other brysa says it's like a tanis tzibur, so you could wash one hand. Amar papa, tana kule kulek tani. Rav Papa answered that this brysa is only talking about the leniencies of Tishabav. It's more lenient than Yom Kippur regarding Ben Hashemashos, and it's more lenient than a Tanis Tzibor in terms of working. But this brysa is not getting involved in the stringencies of Tisha above. So in terms of whether one can wash a finger or a hand, this brysa is not commenting on it. So the halacha is like Reb Lezer that that would be prohibited. Now, Tosvos asks on this, that why are we focusing the question on Reb Lezer's ruling regarding washing a finger on Tishabab? Even if we take that out of the equation, there's still a problem with this brysa. Because the Gemara in the first chapter of Tanis says that on a Tanis tzibor, you're allowed to take a cold bath. So, you can't bathe in hot water, but you could bathe your entire body in cold water. And that's certainly prohibited on Tishabav. So, it's clear that Tishabav has a stringency over a Tanis Tsebor in terms of washing in cold water. So, even without Reb Lezer's stringency, that it's prohibited to wash a finger on Tishabav, there's still an issue because the Brisa says that Tishabav is like a Tanis Tsebor. And that is not correct because it's prohibited to wash on Tishabav in cold water which is permitted on a tanist So to answer Tostos's question Reb Velvel gets to the core of what is the essence of the day of Tisha B'Av. and he explains that Tisha B'Av is a combination of two other concepts. The first is the concept of a tani's, a fast day. So, in halacha, there are days that are fast days, and they have specific rules. And Tishav is one of those days. The second concept is avelus, morning. So again, in halacha, there are days of mourning and Tisha is one of those days as well. So Tishab is a combination of these two different frameworks of halacha into the same day. Now, ordinarily, these two concepts do not coexist. So let's say someone is in mourning, they're allowed to eat, they don't fast. And a Tanis Tsibor, not the kind that we keep nowadays, but in the olden days, was a prayer for rain or some other crisis, but it was not a period of mourning at all. So Tisha B'Av is a unique day when they both get combined. And the proof for this is that the Gemara in Tanis Daflamid says, All the rules of someone mourning apply on Tishabav, and obviously Tisha B'Av is also a fast day, because we don't eat. Now, the prohibition to bathe on Tishabav is prohibited because of both of these reasons. First of all, because on a Tanis tzibor, it's prohibited to bathe. And second, because of Avelos, it's also prohibited to bathe. And the Gemara in Tanis, when it compares Tishabav to Avelos, lists one of the things as not bathing. Now, there's an interesting debate about that brisa in the Gemara in Tanis. According to Rashi, one of the prohibitions that's listed in that brisa is the prohibition to eat and drink. So the obligation to fast on Tishabav. So obviously the b'risa is listing both the avelus practices as well as the tanis, the fasting practices because not eating is not an avelus practice. It's only a fasting practice. So that's Rashi's view that the b'risa in tanis is listing all the prohibitions of Tishabav, regardless of whether they're connected to Avelus or fasting. But the Rif, Rabbeinu Ananal and the Rush do not have the version of that Brisa where it lists fasting as one of the prohibitions. So according to their version, that Brisa is solely focused on the prohibitions of Tishabav, which are related to Avelos, nothing that has to do with Tanis. So when the Brysa lists the prohibition to bathe on Tishabav, according to Rashi, we don't know exactly which category that comes from. But according to the Rif Rabbeinu Hananel and the Rush, since the is only talking about the Avelus prohibitions, so not bathing on Tishabav must be connected to the Avelus aspect of the day. And the same point comes out in the Gemara in Tanis Yud Gimel. Anyone who's not allowed to bathe because of Avelus, like Tishabav or someone who's in Avel, is prohibited both in warm water and even cold water. So this Gemara clearly groups the prohibition of bathing on Tishabav with the practices of Avelus. Now, there is another Brisa in Tanis which deals with the prohibition of bathing on Tishabov. Kol Shumishum Tishabov ust'er lechol baser v'ust'er lishdos gayin lirchot. Any period which is related to Tishabov so one is prohibited to eat meat, drink wine or take a bath. So Rashi explains that this is talking about the suda hamafsekes, the last meal before Tishabav. So already some of the prohibitions of Tishabav begin at that period, even though it's before sunset, so one is allowed to eat, but still there are Tishabav related prohibitions at that time. So those are the prohibitions that the brisa is listing that even though one can still eat, but they cannot eat meat, they can't drink wine, and they couldn't take a bath at that point. We practice these prohibitions prohibitions during the entire nine days. So we don't feel the difference between the nine days and the afternoon before Tisha B'Av. But according to the strict halacha, these prohibitions only begin in the afternoon before Tisha B'Av. Now the Rush quotes the Ramban who expands on this a little bit. And he explains that in the afternoon before Tisha B'Av. So again, as the Brisa said, you're not allowed to eat meat or drink wine or take a bath. Even though it's not Tisha B'av yet, but since the person accepts some of the practices of avelus already, so they're prohibited to take a bath. But they're still allowed to wear their regular shoes and they don't need to do any of the other Avelos practices until after sunset. So not bathing is a unique Avelus practice that begins earlier than the rest of them. Most of the Avelos practices only begin at sunset, whereas not bathing begins even during the of HaMafsekes, the meal before Tishabav. So this prohibition against bathing obviously is not related to the fast because the person is sitting and eating, so the fast has not begun. So this is another instance of the prohibition against bathing on Tishabav, which comes from the practices of Avelos not from the practices of fasting. So these sources prove that one of the aspects of not bathing on Tishabav is related to the practices of mourning of Avelos. But it's also true that not bathing is related to the overall tanis, the fast of Tishabav. Because someone who's in Avelos is prohibited to wash their entire body in cold water. But they are allowed to wash one hand or one limb in cold water, and that's not true on Tisha B'av. That's Rebbe Lezer's halacha, that on Tishabav it's prohibited to wash even one limb in cold water, just like Yom Kippur. So that's related to the prohibitions of tanis, which is modeled after Yom Kippur. And that's what the Rambam in Hei hey, Yud writes, It's prohibited to bathe on Tishabov, whether it's in hot water or cold water. Even to put his finger in water. And he's prohibited to anoint, to wear leather shoes, or to engage in relations like Yom Kippur. So the Rambam Says very clearly that the prohibitions of Tishabav are modeled after Yom Kippur, and that's what he also writes in his commentary on the Mishnah at the end of Tractate Tanis. So it's very clear that the prohibition of bathing and the other prohibitions of Tishabav are also modeled and come from the prohibitions of Yom Kippur. And that's exactly what Reb Lezer's teaching us, that even though someone in Avelos is allowed to wash one hand at a time, on Tisha it's prohibited because Tisha is like Yom Kippur and washing even one finger in cold water on Yom Kippur is prohibited. So from these sources, it's clear that one aspect of the prohibitions of Tisha including bathing, is modeled from Tanis. So we have these two types of prohibitions of Avelos and Tanis which meet up together in B'av. so based on this conceptual understanding we can answer Tosus's question in Psachim that Reb Velvel began with the discussion in the Gemara in Psachim revolves around Rebbe Lazar's rule that one is not allowed to wash their finger on Tisha B'av. so first the Gemara brings a proof to that because the first brysa compares Tisha B'av to Yom Kippur and it's prohibited to wash a finger on Yom Kippur but then the Gemara asks that the brysa compare as to Atanist and it's permitted to wash a finger on Atanist Tzibor. So the Gemara answers, Kule Kule, this brysa is only listing the leniencies of tish above, not the stringencies. Rebbe Lezer's rule is correct that it is prohibited to wash a finger on Tishabav, but that's a stringency, so it doesn't make it into the brysa. The brysa is only focused on where tish above is more lenient than Yom Kippur and Atanis Tzibor. So Tosus' question is, forget about Rebbe Lezer's rule, Tishabov is anyways more stringent than a Tanis Tzibor because it's prohibited to take a cold bath. Says Rebbe Velvel, if not for Rebbe Lezer's rule, then there would be a simple way to read this brysa and the Gemara would not have had a question. And that is that the brysa is only talking about the prohibitions of Tishabov, which are related to Tanis Tzibor. So, just like there's a Brysa in Tanis, which was only discussing the prohibitions of Tishabav that are related to Avelos, So, this Brysa is only talking about some of the prohibitions of Tishabav, which are related to Tanis Tzibor. So, that's why it doesn't mention that Tishabav is prohibited to take a cold bath, because that comes from the Avelos. That's one of the differences between a Tanis Tzibor and Avelos. On a regular Tanis Tzibor, a cold bath is permitted, only a hot bath is prohibited, whereas during Avelus, all baths are prohibited. That's what the Gemara Tanis Yud Gimel said, kol shum Avel, anything that's prohibited because of Avelus, Tishabav, and a regular Avel, so it's prohibited to take not only a warm bath, but also a cold bath. So we see that the cold bath is only prohibited for an Avel, not on a Tanis Tsibur. So the fact that it's prohibited on Tishabav comes from Tishabav being a day of Avelus. So the Brisa in Psachim is not interested in those prohibitions, it's only referring to the category of prohibitions because Tisha is a Tanis Tzibor. So that's why it didn't say anything about the cold bath being a stringency of Tishabav over a regular Tanis Tzibor. So without Rebbe Lezer's halacha, the Brisa could read very simply that Tisha and a Tanis Tzibor are exactly equivalent. There is no stringency of Tisha but it doesn't mean practically, it means in terms of the categories of things Which are prohibited on a Tanis Tzibor Tisha B'av is exactly the same There are no added stringencies or leniencies They're both exactly the same Now Tisha B'av does have added stringency That it's prohibited in a cold bath But that comes from a different category Of prohibitions of avelus, And this B'Av is not talking about that But now came along Reb Lezer And he made this brysa difficult Because he ruled that one is not allowed to to rinse their hand on Tishabav. So that's a bigger stringency than Avelus and certainly than Tanis Tzibor. We don't find that stringency on either of those days. The only place where that stringency occurs is on Yom Kippur. So obviously Rebbe Lezer is comparing Tishabov to Yom Kippur. So now we can't answer that that's a totally different category. It has to do with Avelus. And this Bryce is only talking about Tanis Tzibor because Yom Kippur is part of the category of Tanis. Tzibur, it has its own details, but it's included in the category of Tanis Tzibur. So now, if we apply Rebbe Lezer's stringency that it's prohibited to wash a finger on Tishabav just like Yom Kippur, so now there is a contradiction in the brisa because on the one hand it's saying that Tishav is exactly like Yom Kippur, which includes not washing a hand, but then it's saying that Tishav is like a Tanis Tzibur, so it should be allowed to wash a hand, and all those prohibitions are in the same over. ...overall category of a communal fast day, whether it's for a crisis like Atanist or it's commanded by the Torah like Yom Kippur. So now the Gemara does have a question, according to Reb Lezer, is Tishabov like Yom Kippur or like Atanist Tsibur? So the answer is that this Bryce is only talking about leniencies, not stringencies. But without Reb Lezer, there would not have been a problem because the stringency of Tishabov of not taking a cold bath, would come from the laws of Avelus... And that we could simply say that the brysa is not talking about the laws of Avelus, only the laws of Tanis Tzibor. So this answers Tosus's question. So this is a very brilliant analysis of Reb Velvel, and he compares three different types of days, a day of Avelus, a day of a Tanis Tzibor for a crisis, and a day of Yom Kippur, and he shows how all of them meet together to create a new type of day of Tisha to mourn and fast for the destruction of the Besam Mikdash. Now, the Menchas Chinuch at the end of Mitzvah Shin Yud Gimel, which has to do with Yom Kippur. So he has the same analysis as Rabvelvil, Velvel. and he says that Tishabav is a combination of laws of Avelus with laws of Yom Kippur. And he brings the same basic proof, because since it's prohibited to wash even one finger on Tishabav, which is much stricter than the laws of Avelus. So that's modeled after Yom Kippur. So we see that Tishabav is a combination of Avelus rules and Yom Kippur rules. So in terms of the overall analysis, the Menchas agrees with Reb Velvel, and he uses this idea to explain halacha, there is a debate when Tisha B'av falls out on Shabbos. So we push off the fast of Tishabav and all of the rules to Sunday, which is the 10th of Av. But what about that Shabbos? So even though we're eating and drinking, are there any prohibitions that apply? So so this is a debate in the Shulchan Arach Semintaf Nun Dalid Sif Yud Tes and basically it's a debate between the Svardim and the Ashkenazim the Svardim rule that that Shabbos has no prohibitions so all of the rules of Tishabav are suspended and moved off to Sunday and the Rama rules that Ashkenazim should refrain from Tash Mishamita from relations on that Shabbos so the reason relations is different than other prohibitions of Tishabav is because it's private so even the Rama agrees that the public prohibitions of Tishabav, like not wearing leather shoes or sitting on low chairs we're not going to do on Shabbos but the Ramah holds that private things the Ashkenazim should be strict and refrain from doing on Shabbos that's the general rule of Shabbos that in Avel refrains from public mourning but they do private mourning so the Ramah applies that to Shabbos which is tishabav now the Brura in Sifkat and Lamit Tes and this is also in the Taz they write that based on the Ramah's logic that one should avoid private prohibitions, so one should also not wash their hands in hot water because that too is a private matter. So since that would have been prohibited on Tishabav, and that day is Tisha B'av, so that's a private stringency and one should not wash their hands in hot water on that Shabbos of Tisha B'av. But the Minchas Chinuch disagrees with this. The Minchas Chinuch writes that the Minhag is that Ashkenazim prevent people from going to the Mikvah so fully immersing themselves but he never heard about a minhag to stop someone from washing their hands or face on that shabbos. So he wants to understand what's the difference between fully immersing oneself and washing their hands since both of those are prohibited on Tishabav. Says the Minchas Chinuch, it has to do with this distinction. Fully immersing is a prohibition of avelos, whereas washing a hand is a prohibition of Yom Kippur. So on a Tishabav that's shabbos, even the Ashkenazim limit the stringency only to things which are prohibited because of Avelus, which includes full immersion. But just washing a hand is not prohibited in Avelus. The only reason it's prohibited on Tishabav is because of the similarity to Yom Kippur. But since that Tishabav is Shabbos, so the fast is pushed off to Sunday, so the rules of Yom Kippur don't apply on Shabbos, only on Sunday. So this overall idea that Tishabav is a combination of Avelus and Yom Kippur rules explains the custom of the Ashkenazi. On Shabbos of Tishabav That they prohibit full immersion But not washing a hand So the Minchas chinuch agrees overall With Reb Velvel's perspective Even though he formulates it a little bit differently In the details Now the Chasam Sofer in his chuvas, Are Chaim Simen Reish ches, Disagrees with the view of the Chaschinoch And Reb Velvel And he's not really dealing with the details of the Halacha But he's dealing with the overall perspective Of the day of tishabav And he bases this on the language of the Rambam and Hilchos Tanios Hey Aleph Yesh Sham Yomim Shikol Yisrael Misanim Bahem. There are days that all Jews fast because of the difficulties that happened on those days in Jewish history. So the Rambam is describing the fast days that we have nowadays, including Tisha B'Av. In order to inspire the hearts and open the ways of Teshuvah. And this is our memorial for the evil deeds that we did that led to these destructions. HaLalu and the four fasts are listed by the Nevi'im, and it's a reference to Shivasar B'thamuz, Asara B'teves, Tzom Gedalia, and Tishabav. The two exceptions that have a different basis to them are Yom Kippur and Tanis Esther. So the Chassam Sofer writes, based on this language of the Rambam, that he told us something that we would never have thought on our own. We would have assumed on our own that the point of these fast days is not to repent, but to mourn and to experience pain for our losses, just like someone celebrates a day when something good happens to them. So we would have understood that the point of the fast days is to feel the sadness and to mourn the terrible things that happened on those days in history. Says the Chasam Sofer, but the Rambam taught us that that's not the point of the fast days. The point is to do teshuva. These are days of repentance. So it's not about feeling bad Because of what happened historically, it's about repenting so that we can overcome the sins that led to those terrible things and get beyond them and correct the situation. So that's why, says the Chassam Sofer, the fast days are days of intense prayer and slichos because we're repenting for the sins that we did. That's the key point of the day. Now, says the Chassam Sofer, where did the Rambam know this? So it's very interesting that the Rambam teaches us this, but what is his source for this? And the Hasam Sofer says something amazing. He says that the Nevi'im are unable to create something that we have no precedent for in the Torah. So the only thing the Nevi'im can do is model a day on something that already exists in the Torah. So let's say Hanukkah and Purim, which are happy days when we celebrate good things that happened in Jewish history. So the Nevi'im were able to create those days based on the holiday of Pesach, We already have a holiday in the Torah, which celebrates happy times when Hashem saved us. So the prophets and the rabbis of later generations were able to build on that and add more happy days to the calendar. But there is no day of mourning in the Torah. The Torah does not have any days where we sit and regret the bad things that happened to us. So the rabbis are unable to create such a day. They can't just make up a new form of a day that has no precedent in the Torah. So that's how the Rambam knew that there cannot be a fast day, which is only about mourning the past. Now, there is a fast day in the Torah, which is Yom Kippur, which is about repenting. So the Rambam said if the Nevi'im created fast days it must have been modeled on Yom Kippur which is a day of repentance and atonement and that's the point for all fast days that we have on the Jewish calendar. So even the fast days which were added later on the Jewish calendar because of the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash according to the Chasam Sofer explaining the Rambam those fast days have to be days of atonement and prayer to be like Yom Kippur they cannot be days of mourning. So the Chassam Sofer has a different view of the day of Tishabav. It's not about mourning. It's not a combination of Avelos and Yom Kippur, but it's solely modeled on the Yom Kippur model. Now again, the Hasam Sofer is talking more broadly. He's not dealing with the details the way the men Chinuch and Reb Velvel are, but there does seem to be a debate between the Chasim Sofer versus the perspective of the Menchas Chinuch and Reb Velvel, how the rabbis got to a day like Tishabab. Is it a combination of Avelus and Yom Kippur, or was it modeled on Yom Kippur? Although obviously it's possible that the Chasim Sofer had a little bit of a different view of the actual details, not so much the broad issues. Now, for Reb Velvel, one could respond that even though the Torah does not have specific communal days of mourning, but there is a concept of Avelos. So it could be that the Nevim looked in the Halacha and they saw Yom Kippur and they saw Avelos. And it's also interesting that a lot of the prohibitions of Avelos and Yom Kippur overlap. So there is some connection between repenting and Avelos. And Reb Velvel's nephew, Reb Yosef Dov Soloveitchik, has a lot of very nice ideas about how Avelos is a form of repentance as well. So there is a connection between those two. But it could be that Reb Velvel would say that even though there is no day that's devoted to Avelos, but the fact that there are halachas for personal Avelos, so the Nevi'im were able to apply those on a communal level. So maybe that's how he would respond to the Chassam Sofer's argument that the Nevi'im cannot create a day of Avelos, which does not have a precedent in the Torah. Now, Reb Velvel's nephew, Reb Yosef Dov, also discusses this overall issue in a few places. In his Sefer, Shi'urin L'Zecher Abamari, in the first volume, he has a shir on Tanis Tzibur where he touches on some related issues. And then there's a safer called Shiure Harav on Avelus and Tishabav. So in the Tishabav section, in a few places, he comes back to this issue in Simon Aleph of the Tishabav section and in Simon Yod Ches. And in a few other places, he touches on it. Now he says different things, so it's hard to categorize him. But overall, he seems in his uncle Reb Velvel's camp that Tishah and the other three fast days for the destruction of the Beis Hamikdash are a combination of velos as well as a fast day. So he does seem to take that overall perspective. Unlike the Chasam Sofer, and he has ways of reading the Rambam that the Rambam is not saying that these fasts are primarily about teshuvah. But he has some interesting. Twists on it, he suggests that the Avelus of Tishabav is what creates the fast. In other words, there are two components, but they're not separate. It's the fact that Tishabav is such a mournful day, which leads to it being a fast day. So the Avelos of Tishabav is stricter than a regular Avelus So that's a very interesting formulation. He also has another idea that according to the Rambam, the four fasts for the destruction of the Beis HaMikdash are not remembering the past, but on those days we're reliving the crisis that happened at the time of the destruction. So that day is as if there's a crisis at the moment and we have to fast like a regular Tanis Sibor in the face of a crisis. And he adds very interestingly that that's why the Rambam first tells us about a Tanis Sibor, and only afterwards the four communal fasts that we have nowadays. Because he's telling us that those four fasts are a form of a tanist Tzibor that we're re-experiencing the destruction on those days. Whereas the Shulchan Aruch structures it the other way. First he tells us about the four Four fasts that we do nowadays, and then he talks about a Tanis Tzibor, about a crisis. So the Shulchan seems to be saying something else that the four fasts are remembering what happened historically, and then there's a Tanis Tzibor for a current crisis. Whereas the order of the Rambam indicates the other way that those four fasts were instituted as a way of being a current Tanis Tzibor for the crisis that the Beis Hamikdash has not yet been rebuilt. So we face that crisis and we're fasting like a Tanis Tzibor to pray for the solution to that crisis. So Rabbi Yosef Dov has some interesting formulations in this overall discussion.